1: Little red Corvette ooh, Baby, you're much too fast Oh, Little red Corvette ooh, ooh, ooh. You need a love that's gonna last
2: Little red Corvette Prince is hard to sing
1: well, see he's also got so much going on, there's like four people harmonizing <laughs> with him. It's quite a lot of work. What's up, everyone? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong.
2: How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Jimmy, this is going to
1: be one of your favorite episodes ever. Yes, it is dedicated to Red because we are going over the partner commanders. Commander Legends is here. There are 40 of them. 40 it's partners. 40 partners, yeah, yeah. And
2: we've gone through how many, like, 30-plus. We range. did all the solo commanders already. Oh, yeah, now we're going to go by color. We decided that if we did uh, a video with even half the partners, that's still 20 legends. Yep. That's going to be over two hours long. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a video for each color because all the partner commanders and Commander Legends are colored. So yes. today is the red partners. Hopefully these will be a little bit shorter as well. That'd be nice. Yeah, not an hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. Um, but before we get into it, we got to talk about our sponsors, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Listen, Commander Legends, let's be honest, it looks really, 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 really sweet. It does. There are a ton of cards in here that you're going to want to get your hands on. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone, if you're just going over there right now, you can pre-order... The booster boxes you can pre-order any of the sealed product, but you can also pre-order the singles. So if there's just certain cards you want for certain decks, that is kind of the most efficient way I think to spend your money on Magic rather than sort of playing yeah. the lottery with the booster <laughs> uh, packs. Which booster packs are great for draft and other things, and I, I like to crack packs, so that's a good way to go too. But I'm just saying they do have the singles available right now if you want to order them. So yeah, and that's there's a good tons to of uncommon commanders that are very
1: powerful and like. Uh, i spent a long like the most time i spent on one of these was an uncommon commander so yeah there's a lot of really fun stuff out there to brew around
2: for sure and then once you get your hands on the cards you do want to protect them you want to make sure they stay in pristine condition the best way to do that is to put all of your game pieces into ultra pro products so they've got the pro glossy clip sleeves now they have the theme sleeves for the set as Mm -hmm. well and tons of play mats as well
1: there's mm -hmm. tons of art from this set that they are able to make some beautiful beautiful stuff out of
2: and then, of course, they've got their deck boxes that keep your entire deck very, very safe. Satin Towers are the ones we suggest. Yep. Ultra Pro really is the best in the business and the ones that Jimmy and I personally trust to protect our own cards.
1: Yeah. And the final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We love our patrons. In fact, they were allowed to audition for game nights most recently. That is now over, but they we're going, also... We got
2: hundreds of submissions, by the way. It's going to take us a little while to go through. Yeah.
1: We will be announcing that eventually. It's just going to take a little while. Yeah. And we they also get to watch game nights and extra Turns a day early ad free and you know we get to communicate with them on our discord so we have an entire channel literally dedicated to asking josh and i questions and we sit there and we answer them and we've answered gosh probably thousands of
2: questions at this point in our discord and the discord itself is thriving a lot of fun discussion regarding new cards as they get spoiled for commander legends and things like that yeah our discord is a lot of fun also one thing we haven't mentioned i think before in the past but is true is that for the podcast episodes we don't Patrons can't don't get to see those a day early just because we're not right. done in time, but they do get access to an ad free uh, audio version of the podcast as well. So there's a bunch of perks. Patreon.com/slash Command Zone. Also, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to Isaiah Caller. Isaiah you rock. You got collared out. Uh, One thing before we get into the main topic we have to talk about is we have another Kickstarter going on right now. We just launched and it's pretty exciting. It's something we've been working on for a while.
1: Ooh, that's right. We made our own custom Game Nights sleeves. These are done by Ultra Pro. They are extremely high quality. They're two different styles and this is going to be unlike other Kickstarters we've done because these are actually a limited edition uh, quantity. quantity. Sorry, not edition. Because we had to order these in advance. Sleeves are very hard to manufacture. We had to go through a lot of testing and So we've actually got them all downstairs at the office right now. That means when they are sold out on the Kickstarter, that's it. The quantity is gone
2: Yeah, we only have a limited number. We just had to print these and produce these before uh, we ran the Kickstarter. Sleeves are complicated. With the playmats, usually what we do is we wait until all the orders are in, and then we produce that many playmats so Mm -hmm. we know exactly how to make We had to do it in the the opposite order this time. Yeah, that means that if you want to get these sleeves... Get on over to the Kickstarter right now. We can't even guarantee at the moment we're recording this, they won't won't already be sold out. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, But yeah. Anyway, that link will be in the show notes. All right. Let's get on over to our main topic here. Commander Legends. Solo partners. (laughs) Well, partners aren't technically solo because they come with many partners. Yeah. This is the partners in red. Yep. Uh, Each color gets sort of the same spread of uncommon, rare, and mythic. So there are six uncommon partners One rare, one mythic. That'll be the same for every single color. Yep, I believe.
1: And of course, when we talk about these partners, they have partner as a mechanic. So there's a whole list of partners that have existed before as well, thanks to the original Commander precons that had them. So if you're interested in pairing any of these up, you can just go down that list and say, "Hey, what colors do I want to add to this?" We're going to mention a few of them throughout. But for your own benefit, just make sure you have that list handy if you want to check out which ones are potentially great combos with this partner.
0: There
2: are so many partners, and I believe there's like thousands of possible combinations with yes. any you know so it's it's impossible for us to go through them all um yeah so we're just going to talk about each partner and then we might we'll probably suggest like oh you probably want this color maybe because of these cards yep. that kind of stuff all right let's begin with elena Kessig trapper this is four in a red for a four
1: three legendary creature human scout with first strike it says add in am- tap to add an amount of red mana equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn so, Elena, by herself, if she had haste, you cast her, you can tap her, and she is the greatest power of creatures that enter the battlefield this turn that I control, so I would add four red mana if I was able to tap Elena itself. Yeah, you need a haste on her. Yeah, the important thing about this, though, is that it does not count the, cr- the power of the creature when it enters the battlefield. So, you can augment the power of the creature at any point. Uh, and then you're going to be able to do it from there. Oh, interesting. I didn't even
2: realize that. Yeah, you're right, because it it only checks, did the creature enter this battlefield this turn? If the answer is yes, okay, what's its power right now? Give that many mana. It's kind of like a, quote-unquote, fixed Selvala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) because <laughs> we, we, we need to fix up all, obviously <laughs> well she is pre broken
1: <laughs> well obviously if you want to go infinite it's easy because you have cards like umbral mantle and staff of domination uh you basically just have to add more mana than the cost to untap it so umbral mantle is an artifact that with an equip cost of zero but cost three to cast you can pay three and untap it and the creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn so you just need to create four mana just to leave you with one extra so you make infinite mana just with elena tapping elena over and over again it also gives the if you do happen to have it be elena be the creature that Elena's it gonna infinitely able, large, it's gonna get infinitely yeah. larger too but that won't
2: really matter even right if it's then. three then you could go infinitely large with elena right yeah totally because you just add it yeah add the, the three one. untapper add the three untapper and you do that enough times to then eventually attack yeah, you take out one player massive right? yeah uh
1: and then staff of domination obviously this is the same thing you can pay man to untap it and then you can also
2: untap the staff of domination with the extra mana not hard to make those cards go infinite that's yep. true. I feel like we mentioned those cards like once per set, as like, yep, this goes infinite with that commander. Umbral, Umbral Mantle turns out pretty it's good. Like, oh no. How many times do we mention Frexian and National altar?
1: Probably mm-hmm. a billion. Yeah, pretty sweet. Uh and then when we're talking about creatures that have a lot of power that can enter the battlefield sneakily, there's obviously one of my favorite cards ever, which is Greater Gargadon. It's nine and a red for a nine seven, but it's got suspend ten for one red mana. So you pay a red mana, you put this card into exile, and then you remove suspend counters each upkeep, or you can, in this case, Greater Gargadon says you can sacrifice an artifact creature or land to remove a time counter from Greater Gargadon, which is great because you can do that at instant speed, and then boom, you have a nine power creature that is the battlefield. Elena
2: can tap for nine, nine. red mana when that happens. I can even see turns where you have Umbral Mantle in hand, you hold it. Ah. put greater gargadon out and then wait till everybody's tapped out sack my five lands yep get Gr- gargadon out tap elena for nine play the Umber Mantle, equip it untap her and start going yeah that's actually great the fact that you can sacrifice a to greater gargadon means that you can
1: sometimes just very sneakily get this out which is one of my favorite cards and it's a sack outlet for weird things like yep. artifacts and lands or somebody goes to steal your commander you're like i'll ah, just sack it yeah Uh, And then, of course, there's Sneak Attack, which is a card that we also mention pretty much every single set. uh, Because with Sneak Attack type effects, where you can put creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield or cheat cards out, Red is actually kind of trending in this direction. Yeah, the new Purphoros did it too. Yep, Purphoros Bronze Blooded does that, but just for red creatures. Ilharg, the Raise Board, does it from your hand, and then then Ilharg also goes onto the library if it happens to die. Um, and then the uh, Felden of the Third Path is an older commander card, but it, you're creating a token that's a copy of a card that's in your graveyard,
2: except it makes it an artifact as well. I mean, Sneak Attack and, and Perforos are the, the real ones to me, because mm-hmm. especially Sneak Attack, one red mana, get any creature from your hand onto the battlefield. You, yes, you have to sacrifice it at the end step, but you don't care for Elena because you pay the one red mana to get, like, whatever, a 7-7 seven, seven out, yeah. and then you just get all that mana and maybe go off or whatever you want to do with it. That seems pretty nuts.
1: Yep. You've also got Zerolin of the Claw, which show, uh, sort of grabs a dragon permanent from your library to the battlefield. So I know a lot of people and Lathless Dragon Queen makes a bunch of 5-5s. Five there are a lot of players in red that are like, cool, this is great. This is an excellent way for red to ramp through mana. And it's time-restricted, so it's it, yep. it, it feels very red. Yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And then there's Malignus, which I thought was really fun, too. It's three red for an elemental spirit with star star, and its power and toughness are each equal to half the highest li- life total among your opponents rounded up. So, could it could be a 20-20 twenty twenty. no one's taking damage, yeah. Yeah, there's also that one that uh, with, that comes in with plus one, plus one counters equals the number of lands your opponents control. It's the Blasting something. It was it's from Conspiracy. conspiracy yeah. yeah, I forget the name, but we'll show it on screen. Blasting team or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, if you have a lot of equipment, that I think, that auto equips on the creatures, this is great for Elena because you don't need to pay the equip cost. You play a 4-4, it gets equipped by one of these things bounces up to a six five or whatever and then the lane can tap for more oh, every nice. time so you've got ronin war club which says equip creature gets plus two plus one whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control attach ronin war club to that creature because you don't want to pay the five equip cost on that one grafted war gear has an equip cost of zero but it gives it plus three plus two so you can just see that as three extra mana for any creature that enters the battlefield and hero's blade uh automatically attaches to legendary creatures so.
2: I would also look at Sylvala decks and look for the the non green creatures, or maybe you're gonna pair this with a green creature, in which yeah. case you can just use the Sylvala cards, but there's like uh Lupine Prototype, Phyrexian Soul Gorger, those oh, creatures right. that like Costs very cheap it's like three mana for an eight eight uh but you have it has a downside it has a cumulative upkeep of sack a creature or whatever but you don't care because you're gonna play it tap to get a million mana and do nuts things right now so yep
1: and if you pair the lane up partner wise i think with boros commanders uh then that's a great equipment deck right there because of the cards i just mentioned and you get access to pierce still paladin cigar aid that whole suite of stuff
2: why would you want to pair it with white you could pair it with blue or green <laughs>
1: Look, Josh, not everyone wants to go blue or green every single time, even though they could. So I think Elena has a lot of interesting ways to go. There are obviously tons of ways to break it and make it go infinite as well. Very powerful. Yeah, very powerful. But that's great to see Red have an ability like this to add that much red
2: mana. She's basically a mana dork, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely adding, even if you're not going off, you're adding some mana, yeah. probably every single turn. So just getting like three or four mana every turn out of your commander is pretty decent. I mean, it's five casting costs. So I think that kind of keeps the power level a little bit in check, but yeah, yeah cool card. All right, let's go into the next one, which is Breaches, Brazen Plunderer.
1: Breaches!
2: Three, a red, uh, three and a red, sorry, four mana total for a legendary goblin pirate that is a 3-3 with menace. Breaches says, I'm sorry, what? A 3-3 with Manache, Thank you. My bad. My bad. You said a second ago. <laughs> uh, it says, whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents, exile the top card of each of those opponents' libraries. You may play those cards this turn, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. Hmm. So it's whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents' You, so you can't get more than one card off the top of each opponent's library, though. Right. Yeah. You can get up to three if you have three opponents. Right. Uh, it's cool, though, because it's any type of
1: damage, which uh, says a lot. Oh, it's really not exciting. combat damage. I didn't notice yeah. that. Yeah, so if it's a partner, that means you can partner this up with a blue commander and then play cards like Quicksilver Dagger, which is one of blue and a red, to enchant a creature and make it a pinger. So this creature deals one damage to target player or a planeswalker. I like it. You draw a card. Oh, that's pretty so sweet. You draw a card, and you get to play the top card. And you kind of draw a
2: card off their library.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and then, uh, Glinthorn Buccaneer is a big combo-tastic card. I think CDH loves this. One red-red for a Minotaur Pirate with haste. Uh, whenever you discard a card, it deals one damage to each opponent. Mm. It's also a pirate, thank goodness. And then you can just pay one in a red to discard a card and draw a card. But you can only do it when it's attacking. So, not so great on that side of things. Um, and then, uh, I was like, wait a minute, what if you could make pingers into pirates? Um, because, obviously, blue and red, Josh, you know there are plenty of pingers yeah. in these colors. So, there's artifacts like Captain's Hook, which makes a creature a pirate except when it becomes unattached, you destroy that permanent. But it only has an equip cost of one. And then you have Arcane Adaptation, which you can choose a creature type when there's the
2: battlefield, and then every creature becomes that creature type. So you can make yeah exactly every card that yeah. you play is going to be a pirate for that and if it's like tims or things that there are cards that tap and deal one damage to each opponent or whatever which would be really great with this right yes like so, reckless fire weaver type cards yeah uh,
1: so this is interesting i think if you made it a pirate <laughs> made everything into a pirate it's a bit of a jump with breaches but it seems like
2: a lot of fun you have access to a lot of cards i mean that's going to be legitimately pretty strong i think
1: yeah and then two partner commanders we'll talk about a couple of times this episode is malcolm keen-eyed navigator and ghost of ramirez de pietro both of them are pirates and both of them care about doing damage to your opponents. Uh, for Malcolm, it's a flyer that you create a treasure token with basically the same text uh, for each opponent dealt damage. And for Ghost of Ramirez de Pietro, he deals combat damage, not regular damage. You choose up to one target card in the graveyard that was discarded or put there from a library this turn, and you put that card into your owner's hand. So that's got like a discard outlet type... Uh, return
2: stuff too, right? Return, return stuff, stuff yeah. Hand. Yeah, and they're both pirates themed because the blue-red sort of draft archetype for the set is pirates. Yep. So okay. Pirates getting a lot of love this set
1: randomly. In the last couple of years, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Ixalan right? as well, yeah. yeah. And then uh, an Ashlyn Rose favorite, Admiral Beckett Brass is a great commander, I think, to put breaches into... And then you have a bunch of pirates that are just really good at doing damage. So like Stormfleet, Sprinter, can't be blocked. Spectral Sailor, it's a 1-1 one, one f- uh, for one blue man with flash and also helps you draw cards. So there's a lot of different ways to go. I think if you're going the pirate route, you can try and make all your cards pirates or you can just
2: play a pirate's deck and have breaches be the commander or be a helper. Or you can do a little of both, right? Like yeah. Make, try and make your your stuff pirates but still have some pirates in there. I think that's probably a good idea yeah it's just cool, in case though. they destroy your arcane adaptation you're not just totally <laughs> hosed
1: now if there is ever a pirate instant like how they have like tribal instants for elves and stuff then you right. could also like maybe shock someone for damage and <laughs> do something with breaches but i don't think that's
2: happening quite yet all right let's go on to the next one which is dargo the shipwrecker this one's getting a lot of talk so it's six and a red for a seven-five legendary giant pirate as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice any number of artifacts and or creatures. This spell costs two less to cast for each permanent sacrifice this way and two less to cast for each other artifact or creature you sacrifice this turn. Doesn't That last part doesn't have to be two Dargo. Yes. And Dargo has Trample. So 7-5 with Trample that you can reduce the casting cost of. You can basically get rid of... All except for one red mana. It's always going to cost one red mana, but besides that, yeah. Definitely ways to sort of infinitely cast this guy over and over and sack him, right? Because the next time you play him, it will still count all the stuff you've sacrificed that turn. And if you sacrifice Dargo
1: himself to a sack outlet, it sees it as another creature you sacrifice this turn. So let's say you get him down to one red mana. You sacrifice three artifacts and pay one red and then you sacrifice Dargo once he comes down on the battlefield. I basically that basically plays for the commander tax For that, the commander attacks, yeah. yeah. And then if you play him again for one red mana, sack him again, That it's, now that's a four mana reduction, so he will always pay for his commander attacks. Yeah, once you've got him down to one red mana, he's just going to be one red mana for the rest of that turn. Yep. Well, you just need a Phyrexian altar then to make that one red mana, or you need a Thermopod, which is a creature that does the same thing, and then you can
2: basically go infinite with enters the battlefield and dies triggers. So that's like Purphoros, Impact Tremors. Yep. Uh, any, any aristocrats if you're with red, if you're black you get the blood artist yep
1: if you're playing jessica thrice reborn because you're casting dargo as a commander from the command zone jessica comes in with as many counters as you want and infinite then just
2: loyalty one shots people with her minus x yeah to... jessica we're going to talk about next in death but her um sort of static text is she jessica thrice reborn enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this turn so she would come in with infinite loyalty oh this also works with this commander storm cards right Yeah and the nice thing about dargo too is that he is seven power so with jessica who
1: can also make a creature deal three x damage oh, that's one a shot. 21 damage one shot You're trample so yeah you can do it basically turn two if like turn one you have mana crypt lotus petal or an artifact land those are really good with dargo Jewel lotus
2: yeah you can tell ta- oh
1: god don't i don't want to talk Jewel about those that those cards.
2: that counts as a sack right <laughs> yeah because what what happens so it gives five mana to dargo
1: yeah you 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 get three mana from it and you sack the card which counts two two mana towards dargo so it's a five mana treasures count for three because you sack it and you get one mana from it oh
2: my gosh
1: yeah so basically you get a bunch of you also i think in this deck if you want to play the combo tastic competitive version you're playing like xx spells like chalice of the void because you can play it for zero mana on turn one astral cornucopia Everflowing chalice because even if you don't pay pay man to have them or have those tap for man or do their thing you can still sack it to cast dargo Mm -hmm. um and then you can basically get dargo out turn one jessica out turn two and kill somebody kill someone
2: yeah. So and then if you get a Phyrexian Altar, at any point, you probably just win the game there, too. Yeah, because you're going to play your Impact Tremors and Peripheroses and all that stuff. Um, yeah, just infinitely casting Dargo will probably do it. That's. Uh, I did not look at this card and think, wow, that's broken.
1: Yeah, the card is actually broken. It's, wow. It's really powerful. Um, and then you have a lot of... I think you're playing all the really cheap artifacts that want to get sacrificed, like Pyrite Spell bomb, Tormod's Crypt, Chromatic Star... Arkham's Astrolabe Pentef I mean, all the
2: zero-cast artifacts basically are sort of better Lotus Petals. They're kind of like ritual-esque things for Dargo because you just basically... He is a sack out Yeah, actor, exactly. He really allows quick. you to sack him, so it's not like you're stuck there with a zero-cast artifact Yeah, or zero-cost artifact that you can't sack. When you cast Dargo, as an additional cost to cast a spell, you can sacrifice... Any number of artifacts, yeah. Yeah, which is really
1: nuts. And then I think I was also looking at cards with Echo on them because I used to play them in my Goblin deck. And because Echo is an effect that you have to basically pay the Echo cost at your next upkeep, otherwise you sacrifice it, that counts towards reducing Dargo's casting cost. Yeah. So Mogwar Marshal is a 1 in a red creature that when it enters the battlefield or dies, you make a 1-1 one, one red Goblin creature token. So you can cast Mogwar Marshal, and it has Echo of 1 in a red. So even if you don't cast Dargo that turn, the next turn you don't pay the Echo cost. This Automatically sacks, and then Dargo gets reduced by two, and then you have two one one red goblins that you can it's also sac- sack the Dargo to make them cost one red mana. Wow! Yeah, and then you've got Sting Scourger, uh, which does the same thing. Generator Servant, which is one red for a two one. You can tap it to sack at and add colorless colorless, and if that cre- is it spent to cast a creature spell, it gains haste until end of the turn. So that so that is gives four you four mana. mana. Yeah, for so
2: turn three, you play this turn two, turn three, Dargo comes out with haste. Yeah. Jeez,
1: yeah um and then hobble fiend is a new card from m21 that's a common uh definitely keep an eye on this one because you can pay one man to sack another creature and you put a plus one plus one counter on hobble fiend so again you're just running i think a lot of things that like to be sacked creatures that can be sacked because even if you're sacking it to another thing dargo gets reduced in his cost hooray more value if you play Darkside extortionist
2: no well, if you don't you're kind of nuts but
1: congrats you've got treasures that all pay for a lot of mana smothering tithe pretty good pretty good as if it needed help mana echoes because now when it enters the battlefield if there's another pirate out there you just start getting infinite mana that way uh and then people were oh, saying yeah. maybe you play this as active trees and tribal deck because you can always steal stuff and then sack it to dargo to cast him again yep. which is pretty cool um I think I'm going to pair this with other partners. If you do Timna, you get black and white, so you get tutors and the card draw from attacking. Plus, you get Timna. Yeah, plus, you get Timna. Uh, If you play with Silas Ren, you get blue and black, so you get tutors. And then you also get the artifact sub theme as well. Same thing goes for Keskit the Flesh Sculptor, which we'll talk about later in another episode. It's a new
2: partner from the set. I mean, black seems really good because you get the Blood Artist, Zuliport, Cutthroat stuff. Yeah, Which I think yeah. you, you definitely want black so that you have a win con when you go to cast Dargo Infinite Times if you're doing the combo version, and then it's like, well, what color do I want with black? Black but would be the best, thing. Yeah. Could be blue, could be, yeah. Well, it's probably um, blue or green. <laughs> Obviously, you should play this with Thrasios because there's a bunch of
1: ways to go, you know, like I said, with Mana Echoes, there's a lot of ways to get infinite mana. But you know what? I think every
2: single partner, if you pair it with Thrasios, <laughs> that'll be good because Thrasios by itself is like a r- incredibly powerful top yeah. tier deck if you want it to be. Just, so just by itself, So yeah. adding any color or adding even a green or a blue one with Thrasios is going to be really good. So yeah, that's yeah. not a commentary on good. Dargo. It's mostly Thrasios. And then Tana the Bloodsower I thought would be fun because you make a lot of tokens with Tana uh, and then you
1: can you know, Sac- go for like a sacrifice outlet Theme, but yeah, this card is just nuts. I think there's tons of stuff that you can do with Dargo. Um, the competitive people are excited about it. Regular players that are not on the competitive spectrum, I think, are also pretty excited about it. I'm excited about it. I might play a Dargo jesco deck that's just mono red, try to kill you really fast.
2: I was thinking, like, it's pretty hard to stop because you can't counter it because then they're like, fine, I'll just okay, now I go to pay again to cast yeah. it for red. You can't like exile it because whatever, I put in the command zone, and then I pay a red and bring it back. like. I think you need, like, a meddling mage or something that says you can't play this card named Dargo, <laughs> right? Like, how do you yeah. stop it once they've got sack outlets and stuff to sack? Like, Yeah, you just have to find a way to stop
1: it that turn. But here's the thing is that, like, because, it, you know, right, like, if you pass turn, Dargo now costs the regular amount. Again, it has to be that turn. Um, so you just have to find end the a way turn to effects, end, but, yeah. the, but there's, <laughs> the there's a few of them that work on other players' turn, but not many. Yeah, so I think Dargo is really interesting. I think this is a card that is going to see a lot of uh, combo tastic stuff done with it over the the next you know however long. So keep an eye out for Dargo. He's
2: going to be wrecking ships near you very soon. Wow! Wow! I did not. Realize all that was a thing. Yeah. All right, let's talk <laughs> about the next one, which we just sort of mentioned. It's Jessica, Thrice Reborn. This is a Planeswalker, but it has the text that they do sometimes now, which is Jessica, Thrice Reborn can be your commander. Yay! So she's two in a red for a legendary Planeswalker. Again, she says she enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. So she'll always get one loyalty counter because she will count herself being cast. Mm -hmm. So she'll never just be played uh, and have zero and die right away. Um, She has a zero ability that says, choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals triple that damage to that player instead. Notably, this won't affect damage it deals to to creatures or other things. It's only the damage it's dealing to your opponents. Thrice reborn, indeed. Yep, triples it. And then she has a negative X ability and that means she deals X damage to each of up to three targets. So if you negative two her, you can do six damage total to three targets. Yep. Sorry, two damage to each target. So that's six damage total. And when you cast her for the first time, it counts as one. So she'll come in with
1: one loyalty. Uh, Josh pulled out this card, which I thought was really fascinating because I didn't read the full text on it at first. So I was like, oh, it's just another one of these effects. Oh, this one goes a little deeper. It's repeated reverber- 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 reverberation. reverberation. Two red, red for an instant. When you next cast an instant spell, cast a sorcery spell, or activate a loyalty ability this turn, copy that spell or ability twice. You may choose new targets for the
2: copies. So if you zero Jessica, maintain priority, and repeated reverberation it, you'll have three tripling effects. Yep so if you have a 2-2 yeah (laughs) they will multiply so if you have a 2-2 the first time it's two times three does
1: six damage and then the second time it's six times three it's 18 and then 18 times three is 54 damage from a 2-2 uh on turn three essentially or four turn four i think you
2: you play the 2-2 on turn two play jessica on turn three turn four you activate jessica this is with no ramp at all and revert repeated reverberation Turn four kill bomb on one them. player with a two two. Like right. Yeah, that's it's not like an terrifying. incredible creature you have out you there. You can
1: find even like a smaller creature with trample or something in case they have a blocker, but yeah, that's that's nutty.
2: Yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to have a blocker in most games of Commander. Ocar- well, they're going to need to or, block right? more than 14 damage, too. Otherwise... Well, it doesn't from- give it trample. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you need to find some sort of trampler. Also, trample would, wouldn't be good on the 2-2 because oh, here's how right. it would work, right? right? Let's say right. they had a 1-1 and you had a 2-2 and you tripled the damage on the 2-2. Even if it had trample, they block with the 1-1. Only one damage is getting through to the opponent. So only that one damage would get tripled. Right. So they would only take three so yeah. yeah it doesn't it, actually make the power of the creature more it just changes how it does damage to that player and only to the player not to the creature that which can get confusing especially with trample yeah good point
1: um and a lot of people were like vorthos if you combine this with a new kamal heart of krosa it's a five five that buffs to an eight eight uh on any turn that's out at the beginning of combat so you could also just commander damage them out with kamal and jessica
2: which people were like this is a flavor win and you can partner them up and kamal uh gives plus three plus three and trample to your whole team yeah. on the combat so you could play him and give triple damage to something that was already out that so you don't need the haste and things like that right um they are brother and sister yeah so that's pretty good
1: jessica with any of the like if you put in a Zergo helm smasher deck because Zergo is a
2: seven two so again that's just a great way to get 21 commander damage anything that's seven power is a that's a commander yep yeah is is potential like immediate jessica you know activate kill you Again, if you want to go Boros
1: and Josh would be like, "Why are you doing Boros?" Uh, you can play. I with, do like this guy with Bruce Tarle, Borish Herder, Herder, because he gives uh, double strike and life link whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks. So that double strike actually is x three as well with Jessica, because the first time you hit them, it's going to be times three, and the second time you hit them with double strike, it'll also be times three. So you get it's to almost have, like times six. Yeah, you get a bunch of damage that way. That's quite good. Um, would you play this in your Obosh deck,
2: Josh? Um, I might. Yeah, I think. I, I might. Jessica herself is not well. The the negative ability actually is damage that would be right. doubled by Obosh. And then yeah, if you if you zero ability on something that is an odd CMC. And then make it deal triple damage, and then it, that gets doubled by... Obo- yeah, I think I actually am just talking myself into playing it in that deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double, triple. Um, and then the opponent is going to
1: decide the order it goes in, but it doesn't matter here because it's X2, X3. Three and- times two and two times three are the same. Yeah, if you guys yeah. ever did that kind of math, you knew. <laughs> and then fiery emancipation. Why not? Uh, it's three red, red, red. If a source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals triple that damage instead.
2: So that's, yeah, times uh, nine, nine X. Uh, yeah seems
1: good yeah so jessica seems really fun too there's a lot again if you can make infinite red mana then you can just keep casting her and then minus xing her casting her minus xing her until you get her up to minus you know you can minus her for minus a thousand or whatever and just kill people
2: well she can't hit players so all you could oh no no, no, it's three targets oh yeah yeah, yeah, so
1: every time you cast her you can always minus x her to get her back to zero and have her die so that way if you have infinite red mana recast her so you put her in the
2: elena deck Yes. As a win con for when you create infinite mana. You probably put her in the Dargo deck too because there are ways for Dargo to get up to. Also yeah. she makes Dargo hit for twenty one and he's got a trample already. But yeah, also if there are probably combos in the Dargo deck that just instantly end you up with infinite mana. Yep. And if you don't have Perforos or Blood Artist, then she could be a Win Con too. Yep, lots of crazy ways to go. Oh, with she it. has to be in your command zone to do it, though, right? Yeah. So you're choosing her. Well, well, for Dargo, not necessarily, because Dargo, you just keep recasting. You keep recasting Dargo. I'm saying Jessica, you'd have to... Oh, right. So she- and
1: Elena, too, because you could generate Infinite Man with Elena, and then keep... If you have a way to sack Elena, you can just keep
2: recasting her as well. Yeah, but she has to have haste in that case then to be able to tap again. And, oh, I guess you create the
1: infinite Man you first. Create the man then, you, then yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. So there's a lot of ways of going around it, but Jessica seems really interesting either in the deck or as a partner. Um, I actually, you know, for just these first four commanders, I'm I'm really
2: pleased with just the different direction that's all going. Yeah, it's um, true. Like, none of these are the exact same deck either, right? Like, they all want different things and kind of do different things. And Jessica maybe, like, can help augment a couple of these other strategies mm-hmm. or work on her own. But yeah, these these don't feel super similar. Yeah, that's a good job. Watsy for red. Well, we've got four more partner commanders to talk about here. But before we get to those, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, All right,
1: we are back. We have four more legendary partner creatures in red to talk about from Commander Legends. So let's get going with the cutest one of all of them, because a lot of these are not very cute. <laughs> Especially <laughs> these next three. They're actually kind of disgusting. It's Kedis, Emberclaw Familiar. It's a one in a red for a 1 1 legendary elemental w- lizard. I almost said wizard. <laughs> And it says, whenever a commander you control deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. So, Echoes of Saskia. Echoes of Saskia. You definitely put this in Saskia because... Oh, boy. Yeah. As Saskia enters the battlefield, you choose a player. And then whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. So with Kedis, you can put that on Saskia. And then Saskia is doing damage, damage as well. It's a vigilance with haste. Um, so you're just dealing with damage all over the place if you decide to go with that route. Um, and then again, Malcolm, Kenai, Navigator, Ghost of Ramirez, De Pietro, and Breaches, Brazen Plunderer that we talked about, are all pirates that care about dealing damage to other players, and Kedis is going to basically double that up. So the damage
2: that Kedis makes them deal to the other opponents won't be combat damage. It won't
1: be combat damage. So it's for, like,
2: breaches, it works good because doesn't care if it's combat correct. damage. But, yeah, anything that says combat damage specifically, you won't get that for each of your opponents. You only get it for the one that you originally hit. Oh, Still, yes. still can be good. But. So ignore Ghosts
1: of Ramirez de Pietro. Keep Malcolm Kena, Navigator, and breaches are both just regular damage.
2: And I think ghost of ramirez might still be fine just because a deck like Kedis is going to have to get that initial combat damage on somebody so it's yep. going to be focused on that uh so and you're still going to get the trigger yeah, yeah yeah um and then oh boy you know you could play infect with this deck and
1: i think you would want to because now you're dealing a lot of damage and it's always going to be infect damage um, Toski
2: infect is sort of the way to go so we know this effect plus infect is very good because yeah yeah now you just have to deal d- 10 to one player to kill all players that's yep. the kind of thing oh boy and it's a two drop yeah, it comes out really easily, really oh, fast. Uh, Craig is for sure building this deck.
1: <laughs> or it's already built. He's just sliding <laughs> this cute little lizard in. And then, you know, past that, this isn't too exciting. This is just like a do-a-lot-of-damage type deck. So mm-hmm. if you're doing the Boros Akiri deck, if you're playing Kamal Heart of Krosa, you're doing the Overwhelm Trample Gruel deck. If you're playing Bruce Tarl, you're doing Double Strike and a lot of damage. Uh, if you're playing Shuyun, one of my favorite decks as well, I think this is really great because Shu has a lot, a really hard time killing multiple people. So you can basically have Shu alpha strike someone with Kedis to do the damage to someone else.
2: I think then like Grevin might be really, really good because oh, often yeah. Grevin's gonna like get big enough to get rid of one player, but being able to like play this on that turn, hit, you know, one player for twenty five and then incidentally hit the other ones for 25 yeah. even if that doesn't kill them, it, it makes it so you have a chance now to win the game rather than just knock out one player then die which happens a lot
1: yeah and someone else could be like ah now they're in the striking range of me right and they'll take them out as well so thanks Kedis. you're super cute
2: all right let's talk about the next one which is a famous uh character in magic and thumbless yeah <laughs> it's actually Clark the thumbless um Corks Thumb and Corks Other Thumb are both cards we've seen in the past. So Cork the Thumbless is one and a red for a 2/2 legendary goblin wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, return that spell to its owner's hand. If you win the flip, copy that spell and you may choose new targets for the copy. So this gives you a ostensibly 50/50 chance to copy your spell or, or just negate, get it. Yeah, back. send it back to your hand so it doesn't happen. So either yeah. you get two of it or you get none of it. Um obviously there are ways to manipulate coin flipping a little bit, and Clark's thumb will help us with that. Yeah, Kark's thumb, obviously. You can't play the other one because it's an uncard. Um, yeah,
1: it's silver bordered. Yeah. But I think if you are playing Klark as a partner, you're gonna want to partner it up with a card that plays blue because a lot of people are saying that the Xander Split slash Okun deck, which is all about flipping coins and drawing cards, is actually better in the 99 because Xander Split and Okun have partner with, which means that when Find either of them enters the battlefield, you can tutor the other one out. Or you could have one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Or you can put Clark in that deck as well if it's just a coin flip dot deck. Um, but I actually think Clark is better better as the leader. Um, and then if you play him with like a Kaikar deck or inside the Kaikar Winds Fury deck, which cares about casting non-creature spells. is just going to either give you um, double the spells, and you still get the cast of a non-creature spell, or you get the cast of a non-creature spell, and you bounce it back to your hand. You which is not spirit. that bad,
2: because you made the spirit. Yeah, yeah and cast the that's get. interesting. Anything that triggers off of a, a casting of a non-creature spell or an instant or sorcery, yeah. at least you'll get that value out of quark even if it doesn't double the spell that's interesting and you like can that. play a
1: lot of like cantrips and stuff really cheap castable spells so you can even sack the spirit that you make to cast it again and sort of like get that storm thing going if you're going that direction mm. Um, Calamax the Stormstar, also pretty good because you can just oh. basically if you get you cast the spell, both the triggers go on the sack, you're still gonna copy the spell, regardless of whether or not Crock copies it or throws it back to your hand. So maybe you get three, maybe you get one, but you don't get zero. Yeah, you never get zero, which is actually kinda cool. Uh the Zadahedron grinder deck is all about casting instants or sorceries that target only Zada. You can obviously see the synergies there. Um, same with feather the redeemed uh, Kruk just seems like a really interesting way to get a lot of again it's just whenever you cast um, you kind of get it's really interesting with feather because you can stack it so that you get the uh, you get the card to be exiled and then you can have Kruk decide whether or not to copy it or not so you can oh, in which case get it's
2: it. too, yeah interesting yeah. Um,
1: and then i think you might play this in the narset deck because of the cards that you
2: cast if you want to go nuts I, to me, Narset's like if I swing once, I'll win, and Quark makes it so that <laughs> maybe that doesn't happen. Yeah, right? Like I flip, yep, I got the extra turn and extra combat. Uh, cards, but now they've got bounced in my hand. Where it's like, if those just resolve, I don't need twice as many of them. Yeah, uh, I'm still gonna win. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, possibility storm <laughs> is a lot of card people are talking about too.
1: So this is a weird one. It's similar to what happens with like feather and stuff. It's three, three, red, red for an enchantment. Whenever a player casts a spell from their hand, that player exiles it, then exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a card that shares a card type with it. That player may cast that card without paying its mana cost, then they put all cards exiled with possibility storm on the bottom of their library in a random order. Okay you cast a lightning bolt with krark the thumbless yeah possibility storm and krark both trigger krark wants you to flip a coin possibility storm says you're going to exile that card and then exile cards from the top of your library until you exile another instant okay so you you it doesn't matter which of those happens first right i don't think so So either you get two lightning bolts or zero but
2: it doesn't matter the possibility
1: storm still triggers and you get another instant off of that you cast that and then krark i believe goes off again because you cast that spell Oh wow! So uh, this
2: just seems like a nightmare. Don't actually do it. Because... But the thing is, that in order for that to work, you would have to put a bunch of low casting cost instants and sorceries in your deck, right? Yeah. But in which case, you're likely to hit a low casting cost instant or sorcerer off a possibility storm rather than a big one. Yeah, it does it it also seems super confusing
1: well because this is affecting everyone at yeah, the table yeah. and no everyone one hates that card everyone hates like, uh, that card yeah i, I, can't, I, do. I can't do, do the thing happens. yeah yeah so i was wondering maybe you just play like a crazy spells deck with Clark, where you're playing gut shot which you can pay for phyrexian mana so you might be able to just keep casting this over and over again uh or, or like cards like faithless looting where mm-hmm. you and then you just get you know put all the spells that care about casting cards so young pyromancer type stuff um you can play gamble maybe gamble twice um, crack the earth which is a red sorcery each player sacrifices a permanent so you just play a bunch of like really cheap cantripy type spells
2: yeah cheap seems the way to go because if it fizzles and it goes back to your hand you can either try again or it didn't cost you that much but you really don't want to cast something that costs like 5 or 6 and yeah, that and doesn't happen balanced. and you did yeah. nothing for this turn yeah yeah. so I think crack is really interesting as well um, the coin flip decks
1: are pretty not that great because you leave it up to chance so much but I think this card makes it a lot more interesting at least so, good All
2: job, right. Kark. Good job, Kark. All right. The next commander, there's two left, is Rogue Rock, son of Rogah. Rah! I'm going to complain about the fact that there is a commander that we'll talk about next that cares about rocks, rocks and creates rocks. But that <laughs> is not the one that is named Rog-Roc or rock Rock, as it would be easy to say. Okay. This card's nuts, though, this Rogue Rock. It's a 0-1 kobold for zero mana. Legendary Creature is our first zero-cost Legendary Creature, right? It's a warrior as well. Yeah. It has First Strike, Menace, and Trample. Again, it's a zero one, but it has First Strike, Menace, and Trample. You look at this card and you don't think much, but wow, this card is actually secretly very powerful and possibly with Dargo the most powerful of the bunch, right?
1: Yeah, by far. Um, It's a zero-cost Commander, which means that, let's say you play a Joyra Weatherlight Captain deck, that deck already wants to play every zero-drop Legendary thing it can. And so rogue Rock becomes in just a, a free draw for that deck. Um, I think it's really good in mutate decks as well because oh. it's a zero cost that you can mutate onto and it has First Strike, Menace, and Trample. So it's just going to make whatever you mutate into massive. Oh, that's pretty cool. Why CEDH players are excited about this is because you can play it as a zero drop on turn one and you immediately turn on Fierce Guardianship, Deflecting Swat, Mox Amber, all of these cards that care about having your commander out
2: or a legendary creature. They've created a lot more Commander Matters cards. Like if you have your commander or how many times you've cast your commander yeah. cards in the last few years and... Rogue Rock is so good with all those
1: cards. Yeah, and the fact that you can play again Fierce Guardianship and Deflecting Swap for zero mana with Rogue Rock out on turn one makes it just a really enticing thing, I think, for competitive players. Um... Obviously you can play this with Thrasios. Oh hey, it's because, good to be with Thrasios. look. Yeah, would have <laughs> because there's a card called Cloudstone Curio that makes this go nuts. So Cloudstone Curio is a three-mana artifact. Whenever a non-artifact permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you may return another permanent you control that shares a permanent type with it to its owner's hand. So Congratulations, we found another combo with Dockside Extortionist. Because you play Dockside Extortionist, if it makes at least three treasures, you're going infinite on mana. Dockside enters the battlefield, makes three treasures. Rogue Rock can bounce to your hand with Cloudstone Curio. You play... Rogue Rock for zero mana you bounce Dockside sack two of the three treasures to play Dockside make another three treasures now you're always up one mana Rogue Rock, Bobo, and Cloudstone also known to go infinite in this way too yeah there's also Crimson Cobalt which is a zero drop Cobalt red creature that you can just basically infinitely bounce with Rogue Rock back and forth so you get infinite enters the battlefield triggers or
2: yeah a lot of stuff you could, you could always do the, the fact that Rogue Rock is a commander and sits in your command zone is what makes it so powerful because yeah you get access to it yeah Crimson Cobalt is just not a card you really want to draw off your deck but as like <laughs> Hey, I already have a partner commander that's got a plan, and Rogar's kind of augmenting that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yep, and then you just play
1: Grape Shot because you cast a thousand spells, uh, or yep. you have Impact Tremors or or Corpse Knights if you're somehow in white and black as well. Um, Rogarok as well. You can have a turn two, uh, sorry, maybe a turn three, three kill maybe with like a with Should hatred. Be turn two yeah you just need like a a, a, a rock man rock, rock and then like a ritual it's yep. three black black as an additional cost to cast a spell pay x life target creature gets plus x plus o until end of turn i mean somebody would have to be hurt too because you can't pay 40 life into it you'll die no but it, you can pay 21 oh yeah Don't, oh yeah you're right yeah because yeah. again first strike menace
2: trample who's blocking that That's <laughs> very hard to block um, so there's a lot to do here. There's also... I mean, if somebody attacks me with Rogue Rock and I've got a 2-2, I'm 100% blocking it because... You need 2 2s because it Oh, yeah, you're it. right. You, <laughs> because they're 100% like doing something, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, some, I'm, I'm in danger something. of dying as soon as they do that. Something's going on.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then the CEDH players also were talking about Myth Unbound, which is a new enchantment for 2 and a green. Your commander costs one less to cast for each time it's been cast from the command zone and whenever your commander is put into the command zone from anywhere, draw a card. So if you have Myth Unbound or are able to copy that enchantment, you're going to make your commander cost two less to cast for each time it's been cast from the command zone, which means that you're going to net mana with any of the alters, or Phyrexian, mm-hmm. or you have infinite sacks with another sack outlet, and then you just keep casting Rogue Rock sack it over and over again. You draw your whole deck, you can play it over and over again. Yeah, tons of ways to win that way. You know, you could play it in the Kiri
2: Lineslinger, Josh. You want to go Boros with it. Again, good with all the Commander Storm cards too, right? Like, the count how many times you've cast your Commander this game. Yep. Uh, Commander Storm cards are just going up and up. Mm hmm. Well, Uh, it makes sense. All the partners, and they were the best with partners already because they count both partners. So.
1: Najila, the Blade Blossom, is oh, another exciting boy. one because it cares about warriors. So anytime a warrior attacks, you can have a you can have the controller create a one one white warrior creature token that's tapped and attacking. Rogue Rock comes out very early. Najila is a three drop commander, so you're able to just make tons of warriors with those two together. Um, and then if you like have cards like Colossus Hammer, which gives a card uh, Grizzly Creature plus ten plus ten. You can combine that with a lot of cards that instant catch things, like Sigarda's Aid or Resolute Strike or Magnetic Theft. Uh, And then you cast Assault Strobe, give it Double Strike, and you just kill someone out of nowhere. So that's like turn two kills, I think. Um, You can also, with Jessica, you like turn one Mana Crypt. You play Jessica and Rogue Rock. Turn two, you play Blazing Shoal, which lets you exile a card with CMC X from your hand. And they give it plus X plus O, so you just make this triple seven seven something and you kill someone in turn two. Yeah. Or you can play like all of the really cheap red pump spells like Madcap
2: Skills, Bloodlust. A lot of those are pretty magical Christmas line to get like four specific cards in your opening hand, but still pretty cool. Yep. Um if you play with Tevish Zot, which
1: lets you sacrifice creatures or planeswalkers to draw two cards, and then you draw another one if it was a commander, this basically turns into a zero mana draw zero three, mana draw and three. then a two mana draw three. mana draw mana. three, yeah. And a
2: four mana draw three is pretty good, so yeah. the first three times you do it, it's
1: great. <laughs> as long as Tevish stays alive, So, but that's that's interesting too, So there's just, and then that's like an aristocrat stack in red and black, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Rogue Rock, zero cost, you can do a lot of crazy things with it.
2: We should say, also, uh, Rogue Rock is going to get played on the next episode of Game Nights. Yeah. Which comes out November 18th, uh, and it was paired with Acroma, which I think is also a pretty good pairing because Acroma cares about uh, keyword abilities. Yes. So, in the Acroma deck, Rogue Rock, when Acroma's out, will be a 3-4 just from its own abilities, which is pretty neat. Uh, we'll talk about Acroma more, obviously, in the video about white partners. All right. Let's go to the last one. Yeah. Uh, while we're spoiling things about Game Nights... The next one is Tago, Goblin Weaponsmith, and this is one of the partner commanders that I play on that episode of Game Nights. Uh, So Tago is two and a red for a 2-2. Legendary Goblin Artificer. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a colorless equipment artifact token named Rock. (laughs) With equipped creature has pay one, tap the equipped creature, sacrifice the rock. This creature deals two damage to any target and rocks equipped for one mana. Hmm. So this is why I was talking about how, why is Rogue rog Rock, Rock son of rog is not the name of the commander that creates rocks? No, that guy's name is Togo. Togo, yeah. He makes sub sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> That's Togo. <laughs> yeah, Togo. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, Togo. Okay. So basically it's landfall, create a rock, and rocks are equipment that, attach, that equip for one, and they give a creature ability to, pay one tap and sacrifice that rock to deal two damage to any target. Not inherently crazy powerful, but I think there's a lot of synergies with this deck. I, I mean, obviously you want to probably pair it with green in some way because it's going to be a landfall deck. It doesn't, mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. it doesn't say landfall, but that's exactly what the ability is. They just don't have the landfall keyword in this right. set. Um, so green is... And something else, if you want to, or just green, I think is the way to go to get the most amount of rocks. So we're looking at the normal boring stuff, which is Rampant Growth, Azusa, Exploration, blah, blah, blah. Anything you can get more lands on the battlefield, yep. But then I think there's a lot of interesting ways to just take advantage of having a lot of artifacts or a lot of artifacts enter the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Reckless Fireweaver is really good in the deck. It's one and a red for a 1-3 whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, it deals one damage to each opponent. Oh, you're kind of playing aristocrats type stuff now. Where you're just like slowly ping them all down. Yeah, and, and you're going to be a landfall deck, so every time a land enters the battlefield, dealing one to each of your opponent is pretty good. You know, you might be able to deal 10 to 12 to each opponent in a game that way, which is going to get you, you know, a lot of the way down to eventually yeah. killing them. Um quicksmith genius is a good one it's two and a red for a three two human artificer whenever an artifact etb's for you you dis you may you may discard a card and then if you do draw a card so you can just kind of get rid of cards you don't need you'll probably be holding excess land sometimes oh like yeah that. that's a good point uh or just you know filter through to find the real key cards card advantage of Andrew, red and green too is pretty necessary because you i mean green don't... has tons but red's got a tough time with yeah it. yeah uh, inspiring statuary probably one of the best cards in the deck probably the best card in the deck i would think you want to read it yeah so it's three mana for
1: an artifact non-artifact spells you cast have improvise. so that means your artifacts can help you cast any non-artifact spells you can tap an artifact when you're done activating them mal- uh, uh after you're done activating maled abilities and it pays for one mana for each of those spells so toggle creates basically mana
2: rocks for you yeah, and the rocks don't care if they're tapped when they're equipped. Either. Yeah, the so, creature is a, is the one that taps to, to send the rock flying. So if you ever if you've ever seen anybody get like an effect like this out, they'll often tap like their sort of feast and famine for mana because it doesn't change what the sort of feast and famine is doing in any right. way. It can still just do its normal stuff. That's cool. also inspiring. Statuary is like a tough card to use. We found out. Because it only allows you to cast non-artifact spells with it. But in order for it to be good, you generally need a lot of artifacts in Mm -hmm. your deck. So I had trouble using it. But here's Tago comes along, and this deck doesn't actually have a ton of artifacts in it because... Togo's just creating them when you play lands and stuff. So you, the mm. rest of your spells are mostly normal. So Inspiring Statuary ends up being crazy. You know, I've had turns where I just incidentally got Togo out early, have like six or seven rocks. You play this, and now for the rest of the game, you just have like 10 extra mana every turn. Yeah. Yeesh. And the rest of the game is not very long after that because if you have 10 extra mana every turn, you win pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, another card that it takes advantage of having just a bunch of artifacts on the battlefield is Kark Clan Ironworks KCI. It's just an altar for artifacts, so it's t- it's four mana for an artifact, but you can sacrifice an artifact and add two colorless mana to your mana pool. All uh, your rocks become two. You can also, if it was Inspiring Statuary, you can tap it and second to make three per rock, which is pretty cool. Uh, a way to turn the rocks into a little bit easier damage, because obviously throwing rocks at people from creatures is tough. You have to have a creature that doesn't have Summoning Sickness. You have to have the mana the, oh, to right. equip it and the, and the mana to... Uh, to activate it. So it's really two mana to do two damage and tap a creature. The rocks themselves are pretty crappy as far as <laughs> throwing them at people. I mean, you can, like, take out key targets and you can definitely finish people off with them when they're down a little bit low. Yeah. The rocks start to get really scary near the end of games. But this next card is, like, I'd put it with Inspiring Saturator as one of the best cards in the deck. It's Gear Per Aether Grid. Two and red for an enchantment. Tap two artifacts, untapped artifacts you control. Gear Per
1: Aether Grid deals one damage to any target. So players, Planeswalkers, creatures.
2: Yeah, this is pretty nuts because very often this deck will have 12, 16, 20 artifacts on the battlefield and then that just means you're just sitting there at the end step before your turn every time just Damn throwing it. 10 damage around and that's like kill th- key things and if there's nothing key you want to kill you're just like your face. Yeah. And then a lot of times they're like, okay, so I'm dead on my at the end of my next turn because on your end step you hit me for another seven or eight, untap, do it again and I'm dead. Yeah, so you sort of hold that over their head. That's pretty powerful. Uh, another card that, takes advantage of having a lot of creatures on the battlefield is, or sorry, artifacts on the battlefield is Molder Slug. Three green green for a four, six beast. But at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices an artifact.
1: Well, that's so rough. <laughs> that is so bad for anyone that's not having a bunch of rocks
2: or treasures or yep. whatever. Yeah, that could be their soul ring. It, I mean, it, yeah, for most players, it'll be something important, a mana rock at the very least. And you're just like, I don't know, I get rid of a rock. Big Yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah, big deal, big whoop. Uh, and then you also want cards that create more artifacts for you because if Tago's is the only thing giving you these, these artifacts that are comboing off or synergizing with these other cards, then it's not as good as basically creating... There's other cards that... Do similar things, right? Yep. Uh, Tireless Tracker is one. It, it has basically landfall create a clue token. Yep. Really, really solid. So clues are artifacts that you can pay to and sacrifice to draw a card. But again, you can use with Inspiring Statuary, Reckless Fireweather, Quicksmith Genius, Quarkline Ironworks, Gear Per Ether Grid, blah, blah, blah. Or just to draw a card. Right? Yeah. 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 You can actually just pay the two. And that's that's something you do quite often. Uh, a card that we talk about all the time Dockside Extortionist makes treasure tokens. Brass's Bounty makes treasure tokens equal to the number of lands you control this a is a landfall, landfall deck, deck? Yeah. oh my gosh that could be seven mana make 15
1: tokens and then you get all that mana
2: if this is o- often like because breast bounty is iffy a lot of times it just creates the amount of tokens for the amount of mana that you already have and yeah and you're like well is that all i want to do for my turn no i want to now i'm just going to use the treasure to cast things and right. it's like, well what did breast bounty do for you But in this deck, yeah, it's like make 15 treasures and then I'll just tap those for mana and not sack them because treasure tokens work really well with Inspiring Statuary Mm -hmm. because Inspiring Statuary basically allows you to just use them as if they're mana rocks almost or you, Quark and Ironworks, get two per or gear up grids out and you just, oh, I created 15, I'm going to do seven damage to to any target every turn. You can use the Statuary to cast Brass's Bounty as well so you'll have lands untapped afterwards. Um, Okay, and then there's a bunch of ways... Or not a bunch, but there's a few ways in the deck because you will have rock tokens that you will equip to creatures. And like I said, rocks are not that great, but you can make them a little bit better. Um, Basically, a rock turns a creature into a pinger for one turn. A little bit better than a pinger, a shocker, I guess. Yeah. So all the things that grant death touch are going to be good. So Basilisk Caller, uh, I put in the deck, just like you put it on Togo, give him a rock, throw it at something, kills anything now because it's got death touch. And lifelink. Yep. Right. And then this is a cool one. Um, because rocks only cost one to equip. so And you often just have a ton of them lying around. Valduk, Keeper of the Flame. Two and a red, legendary creature 3-2. At the beginning
1: of combat on your turn for each aura and equipment attached to Valduk, create a 3-1 red elemental creature token with Trample and Haste and exile those tokens at the beginning of the next end step.
2: Ooh, so Valduk just is holding a bunch of rocks and yep. they all make 3-1 red elemental creature tokens. There's definitely turns where you're like, play Valduk, Pay five, attach five rocks to it, go to combat, make five three ones. Eesh yeah with trample too. Yeah. <laughs> that's eighteen damage, and Valduk doesn't even have to attack. Right. You can do it the turn, Valduk comes into play. So Yeah, that's actually really neat. Yeah. It's it's a fun little moment, right? It's not like a crazy interaction, but I like Tago a lot and I think that it's actually like at the perfect power level for like our playgroup and a lot of play groups. Yeah. It's not gonna go Dargo, Rogue Rock, crazy, combo-y, but it, it, it's powerful, and it can get board states where everyone's like, holy crap. Yeah. But it's it's definitely, like, not a 9 or a 10 or anything like that, so.
1: A pair it with Thrasios, maybe it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's true,
2: actually. Yeah. Any partner commander from the set can be competitive EDH because all you have to do is pair it with Thrasios. And then green-blue gives you all the options to make Thrasios go infinite and win all the Because Thrasios spot. by himself is just an, a CEDH deck, right? Yeah. All right, that is uh, all eight of the partner commanders in red. To the listeners, what do you think of the Red partners from Commander Legends? Which are you most excited about? Who would you pair it with? Mm -hmm. What synergies, interactions, or combos did we miss? Jimmy, which one is your favorite? I probably am
1: the biggest fan of Jessica uh, or Elena, just because I like the fact that Red has this way to ramp on the Mm -hmm. creature, and Jessica is just a really interesting, you know, tripling something or, you know, the different infinite things you can do with her. She just seems a very good utility. I'm Tago, of course. Yeah. Of course. Rocks. Yeah, I mean, they're all togo Tago rocks. I think overall, they did a really good job with red here. Uh, yeah, lots an A, right? A lot of different options, a lot of different directions, and it opens up the color pie a little bit for them, too, I think. Yeah, pretty exciting.
2: Good all job. right, if you want to get your hands on any of these red partners or any card at all from this set commander legends just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone that is the place that you want to go if you want to get your hands on these cards as soon as possible you know ordering online sometimes you're a little bit worried how long it's going to take things to get to you with card kingdom you have peace of mind they're going to get you this stuff faster than anybody else yeah you're gonna have it in your hands as soon as it it can possibly get there
1: yep just use that affiliate link and of course while you're there you can also purchase some ultra pro products because that is the company and the people that we trust the most to protect our game pieces we use them for pretty much everything here at the command zone for game nights extra turns and we also we should have mentioned this we also
2: had them make our sleeves as well oh right these are made by ultra pro they have the eclipse technology the chroma fusion technology if you watch the kickstarter video i actually do the stretch test on our sleeves and, and not pull them apart josh tried really hard uh, they also shuffle great as well and ultra pro of
1: course just has been our go-to for good reason if you're gonna buy any of these cards if you're gonna make a new deck you can check out their theme sleeves with the art backs for commander legends or we just buy some other pro gloss eclipse sleeves there's tons of options out there uh binders and all that good stuff as well so big thanks to ultra pros always
2: all right no instep today or probably on any of these partner videos too many of them there's too many videos coming out right now and we don't have enough cool stuff in our lives but <laughs> Big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Ashlyn Rose, Craig Blanchett, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Jake Boss, Josh Murphy, Alfred Estaka, Patrick Non, and Sam Waldo. And special thanks, Jeffrey
1: Palmer. He often makes the Living Card animations that live behind us here on set. And also start our show with that awesome soul ring at youtube.com slash thecommandzone, the podcast. You can find Jeffrey on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG.
2: All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you
1: on the next 80 episodes of Commander Legends.
2: Very soon. (laughs) All right. Peace.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com.